Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hey, has has anybody seen my soul? I can't find it. Maybe I left it in the car. I need to go look for it. I mean, what the hell? Um, When we talk about a soul, it's such an intangible thing. It's not something you can leave in the car. It's not something that you can forget. It's kind of like permanently attached to you like your shadow on a sunny day. Today, the topic is reading the soul, and our guest tonight is Catherine Kerrigan. We're going to bring her on in just a minute, but I wanted to talk about... um, the the soul, the heart, and the ego. The uh, the history of humanity on this planet, you might call uh, overdosing on ego, where if you look at the narrative that our human history has laid out for us over the thousands of years our egos have been pretty much running the show. Um, Whether it's um, fighting wars or um, methods of control or um, squabbling and and fighting and and all manner of, of chaos, if you will, I think our egos have had enough time to try to figure it out. It's quite clear if we keep with the current narrative, we're not going to get where we want to be. And uh, the the elephant in the room, if you will, is our heart and soul. I suggest the next chapter of our human story will be written by those who connect to their heart and and connect to their soul. Where we disconnect from the, quote, wisdom, unquote, of our egos and and quiet our egos and create room in our consciousness for our heart and our soul to show up. And with this, <laughs> every week I do this show this year, <laughs> The, the pandemic has created yet another layer of chaos and confusion. But I think 2020 is kind of turning ourselves on our heads for for a very profound reason. And um, a lot of what was hidden from our egos, because we were so busy in our lives and we didn't pay attention much to the collective story, is being revealed in this uh, 2020 pandemic and when sometimes it's not as easy to see how an ego can get hung up on itself it I mean every, pretty much everybody feels um, like they know who they are I mean everyone has vast experience of living in their ego if you will but when you Slow your ego down, and you open up space, and you quiet your mind, and you listen. You can you can be inspired to do things that your ego never would have thought of. Certainly for me, writing books was one of those things. The first time my heart, my soul, suggested I write a book, my ego had a had a <laughs> hard time swallowing that, if you will. And now, um, having written um, plenty of books, um, there's such a joy and satisfaction that has come into my life because I did listen. I did respond, I did honor, I did take action to that inspiration. And uh, I think the the topic tonight is a very timely topic. Again, the 
Topic is tonight is reading the soul, and our guest is Catherine Kerrigan. And you know what's going on with your soul? In reading the soul, medical intuitive healer Catherine Kerrigan reveals how you may be suffering from a wounded spirit. The karmas your soul may be carrying from this or other lifetimes. The burden of negative spiritual energies and the why traditional medicine or natural healing may not be working to clear what ails you. What is your soul's purpose? Your soul's longing? The stories herein will uplift your soul and help you understand why you were born. Our guest tonight, Catherine Kerrigan, is a medical intuitive healer. She's an Amazon number one best-selling author, and she's the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. She's written several books, some of which are What is Healing? Awakening Your Intuitive Power for Health and Happiness, Healing Depression, A Holistic Guide, Unlimited Energy Now, and several others. You can learn more about Catherine Kerrigan at katherinekerrigan.com and unlimitedenergynow.com. Join me in welcoming Catherine to the show. Welcome back on to the show, Catherine. Hi, Les. It's wonderful to be there, and thank you, out everybody out there, for listening. Reading the Soul. Reading the Soul. That's the name of your latest book. I like to be sure that we're talking about the same thing when we talk about esoteric or um, what should I say, non, non-obvious non uh, topics. Now, when when somebody says the soul, we might not all come up with the same idea of what that is, and since we're going to spend so much time talking about it, how what, what would you define the soul to be? So that's such a great question, Les. I would say the soul is actually who you are. You are a soul having a human experience. You're a soul who has a body. You, your soul, who is who you are, has had multiple lifetimes. And, you know, we're all going through what we're going through now. Um, What I would actually say is that collectively, um, I feel that our culture is going through what I call a dark night of the soul. And we're going through what I think is a breakdown to a breakthrough. So what do I mean by that? And that um, once you kind of understand that you are a soul having a human experience, your soul is in charge of literally everything that happens to you. And your soul will create circumstances um, to kind of lead you onto the path you need to be. And sometimes, you know, you think, well, my life is going right, and all of a sudden everything seems to be falling apart. And you're like, why is this? I thought I was doing well. I thought I was on the right track but you're being guided into a new direction. And I feel that that is part of what is happening with the coronavirus pandemic. So your book is very timely then. And, I mean, what brought you to write this book at this time? Well, first of all, I am a medical intuitive healer, and there's two parts to what I do. Number one, I do medical intuitive readings, And secondly, I have 27 years' experience in natural healing, so I do healing work with clients all over the world. So why I wrote this book is that when I do medical intuitive readings, I read what I refer to as the five levels. I read what's going on on the physical level with your body, the energy level, which includes your chakras, your acupuncture system, and the breath, what's going on with you emotionally, which is very important because emotions can shut down literally any part of you, what's going on on the mind level, which is your thoughts and your beliefs, your programming, if you will, your operating system on a mental level. 
Um, and then finally, I read what's going on with you at the soul level. So reading the soul explains what I look for when I'm doing a reading at the soul level of a person. And also it includes lots and lots of stories of clients that I've worked with um, to kind of illustrate some of the many challenges that we can go through as souls. Right. Well, now, um, when you talk about the soul and then you talk about these five bodies, physical, energetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual, um, which layer or layers um, directly involve your soul attributes? Great question. So, again, going back to what I was saying, I feel, and not that I know anything, I could be totally oh, wrong, but I feel that you are, are a soul. And your soul controls your mind. Your mind controls your emotions. Your emotions control your energy system. And your energetic system controls what's happening on the physical level. So whenever you have a disease, it's happening on all five levels at a time. And part of the reason I feel that my work is so effective for people is that I'll do a medical intuitive reading and I'll read what's going on physically, energetically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and also make specific recommendations about what will work to make you better. But by when you work on all five levels with natural healing, you basically supercharge your healing and can make very profound changes in a very short period of time. And um, I have great respect for the medical profession. My dad's a doctor, my brother's a doctor, my grandfather's a doctor, my great-grandfather's a doctor, and my uncle's a doctor. But the traditional medical system works primarily on the physical level. And, you know, in recent years, you know, recently in the past century, they've incorporated systems to work on the mind with psychology and psychiatry. But really, who you are is a soul, and what's going on with you is always happening on all five levels. And when you're trying to get better, if, you over, if you're not getting better, it's because you're missing something. So lots of people, for example, may be um, eating better or exercising, and their health isn't changing because they're not looking at what's going on on all these levels. Um, or you're going to a therapist and you're talking about your childhood and nothing's changing because there's something else missing. So basically I put it together when I'm doing my readings and I'm doing my healing work because I'm working on all five levels. Well, I like that. Now you talk about doing a reading and um, how would you describe a soul reading? Well, um, that's a great question. And when I work with people, um, um, I, I work with people on phone, Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp. Um, but also, in addition to working with people in person, um, you know, in real time, we'll say, um, I work with a healing center in Costa Rica. And before anybody gets there, I do a, an in-depth reading on all five levels. I also make recommendations about what will work to make that person better um, so that when the person gets to Costa Rica, they already know what's going on with this person and what needs to be done and what sort of therapists need to be put together. So when I read what's going on at the soul level, I'll give you some examples of what I look for. Um, I, I, it, the first thing I look at is where you are in the stages of your spiritual development. Are you unconscious, awakening, or conscious? So I suspect that many people who are listening to your show are conscious. And when you're conscious, you're aware you are a soul, you are, uh, and you're, you've discovered your soul purpose and are taking action to fulfill it. So you, Les Jensen, you know, you're living your soul purpose every day. Then I look at what I call your karma clearing to-do list. So... You're, you're here, you have a body, and you have different karmas to clear. And I, I do a lot of uh, analogies to house cleaning. 
So maybe you vacuumed the floors and you washed the windows, but you still haven't gotten to the bathrooms yet. And so a lot of your listeners, they may have done a lot of deep inner work, but there's still other karmas to clear. Um, So giving some examples of karmas to clear, lost soul fragments. In this or some other lifetime, you may have lost key aspects of yourself along the way, causing you to feel incomplete and unfulfilled. So I'll give an example of that. Um, I published my first book in 1997. I went 18 years without writing another book. And I felt I had lost my author self. Since then, I wrote my second book. I think it was in, um, uh, well, I, I basically wrote nine books in my 50s. Um, I'm now 61. So, at any rate, I've, I've written ten, a total of 10 books. But at the time, I lost my author self. Um, negative self-image, um, negative interference, negative cords and hooks, heart scars. This is very common where people may have been wounded so deeply that the level, the, the wounds go past the emotional, past the mental, all the way to the level of your soul, and heart scars may be affecting your physical heart as well as your energy level. Um, Genetic code dysfunction, codependency, emotional starvation, addiction, Um, and then all different kinds of past life vows. Um, I'll look at, you know, does a person have negative spiritual energy attached to them? And I also look at, how your soul communicates with you. In other words, there's four different primary vehicles of intuition and um, clear cognizance, clear audience, or clear sentience, and clairvoyance. So I'll look at how are you receiving information from your soul? So what in other, in other words, what's your primary psychic gift? And then I'm going to be looking at what I refer to as soul medicine. So if you go to a naturopath, for example, they may prescribe different natural healing remedies for you. Or if you go to a doctor, they may prescribe medication. Or if you go to a physical therapist, they may prescribe med- um, different exercise. But just as your body relies on good food, rest, and exercise, your soul also needs nurturing. And some of the simplest, most profound things that you can do are actually free, such as breath work, prayer, meditation, mantras, unscheduled time alone to process, laughter, time in nature, dancing, hugs, time with loved ones, sunlight, and so on. So when you understand that your soul controls everything, when we do healing work at the soul level, it's the most profound level to do work on because it literally changes everything. So those are some of the things that I look at. I'll also look at soul wounds, which, again, are wounds that you have experienced that go past the emotional, and they cause you to experience a wounded spirit. And it's really important to clear those soul wounds because if you don't, you'll just go around life attracting other wounded spirits. And then I'll also look at, like, maybe what your soul purpose is and, you know, what your soul longing is. And these are very profound, deep, complex questions, but they really go to the heart of what, why you're here, why you were born, you know, and, and what you're here to do. And when people have this information, they feel much more empowered and on purpose in their life. I like that. Well, with the upheaval that's happening in this 2020 year, a lot of people that are that have not been awake are getting shaken to their core, and uh, I'm, I'm sure many many people are are being guided by their soul to take on a new path, a new journey, a new purpose than perhaps what they've done in the past. Now you 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 have touched on the the different ways our soul can communicate with us 
or communicate with our ego. What are some tips for, so if somebody's listening to the show in this notion of soul wisdom, if you will, this, this idea that there's this higher consciousness in us, what are some tips for beginners that might help them um, not only be able to tune in to their soul, but also be able to trust that they are genuinely listening to their soul? That's a great question. Well, one of my books is called Unlimited Intuition Now. And in my book, Unlimited Intuition Now, I describe in great detail the four primary psychic gifts. Now, if you're listening to this show, you may go, well, you know, I'm not a psychic. I'm not intuitive. Well, trust me, you are a soul, and your soul is always trying to communicate with you. And I always say that, you know, sometimes when you go through a major course correction, when you get hit over the head, it's because you're not, you know, paying attention. But when you understand, I, I think it's really critical that each of us understand how your soul communicates with you so that for the reason that you ask, so that you can trust the information. So um, so to answer your question, and this is going to get a little bit complicated, the first thing to understand is the way your soul communicates is going to be unique to you. I happen to be claircognizant, which is the same psychic gift that Edgar Casey had. Um, so when you're claircognizant, you just know stuff. This is a gift that happens very where you get information very, very quickly. I don't have to see someone or put my hands on them to know what's wrong or what will make them better. Um, then, then you have clairaudience, which is psychic hearing. And people who have this gift, the way you receive information in the form of words, sound, or vibration. Um, lots of people have heard of clairvoyance, which is where you see aura, see angels, or or receive information and visual symbols and inner pictures. Um, and then finally, there's psychic feeling, which is where you pick up the energy, vibe, and feeling. And um, so the easiest gift to actually open up for most people is actually the gift of psychic feeling. And um, so, however, when you use this gift, there's no words attached to it. In other words, it's literally a feeling, and you have to be able to interpret what's happening. So, so you asked for tips for beginners. So first thing that I would recommend is, and this is not a newsflash for any of your audience, but I strongly recommend a regular practice of prayer and meditation because you have to clear your mind um, I remember when I was studying medical intuition, the person I studied with said, our goal is to show up and get out of the way. And your ego mind wants to be right. Your ego mind is governed by fear. Your ego mind is governed by everything you think you know. And in order to receive your soul guidance, you literally have to set aside what you think you know, your you know, 27 years of experience, all the books you've written, and so on, and literally pay attention to the information that you're receiving. So through a practice of prayer and meditation, you create the space in your life where you can begin to receive information, if that makes sense. And um, a, a second suggestion would be to, you know, work with someone who can help you understand how your psychic gifts work. I remember when um, I, I was studying healing up in Canada many, many years ago. And my mentor in healing, she wanted all of us to go and visit with this lady who would explain your psychic gifts. Now, at the time, I was really not into this. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I really actually didn't want to go. But, but my mentor in healing said, you need to understand this information so that when you're, you receive information, when you receive guidance, you're not going to sit there and second-guess yourself. So I wasn't into it. I almost turned my car around on the way over there, but I went because I was supposed to. And then I found out that I was claircognizant, which is 
just the psychic knowing. And that explained why I could go to Brown University, Phi Beta Kappa, and ace a test after going out dancing all night. And it's not that I didn't work, because I love to learn, but it's a very, very fast gift. And and so you really want to understand how your gift works. I, I, now, I make the analogy, it's like if you have a car, if you have a stick shift, that's going to drive differently from an automatic. <laughs> and, you know, if you drive an automatic like a stick shift, that'll be a problem. And if you drive a stick shift like an automatic, that'll be a problem. So by, un- by learning how your own gifts work, that helps you to begin to trust yourself. And, um, and then the last thing that I would have to say is to realize that in order to receive soul guidance information, you have to be in neutral. Now, neutral is not a very sexy subject. It's kind of actually boring, okay? Because when you're in neutral, you really, it's not that you don't care what the answer is. It's more that you're okay with whatever answer it is. So if I asked you how many bricks did it take to build your house, whether you wouldn't really care one way or the other what the answer is, <laughs> right? You know, if I asked you, does your mother have cancer, the the idea of even receiving that information one way or the other may scare the heck out of you. So you have to be able to get your ego mind out of the way and be completely open to whatever your soul wants to present to you and whatever the soul of another person wants to present to you, right? And um, I just got a question, actually, on my website, KathleenKerrigan.com. A reader wanted to know, but how do I read my own energy? And what I said to that person was that I said, I have 27 years of experience in natural healing. I'm the author of 10 books and the host of the Natural Healing Show. And when I get into my own stuff, I hire and pay for another healer to read me because you have blind spots. Everybody has blind spots, no matter how educated you are, how much experience you have. And when you're stuck, it's because you have blind spots. I have a very high level of self-care. I tune in and I listen to my guidance. But if you're stuck, I promise you, you have a blind spot. So, you know, pray for guidance. Ask, literally pray and ask your angels and spiritual guides to show you the way and ask that the information, one of the pieces of advice that I give to beginners is say, Make this so clear and so simple that even I can understand, right? <laughs> right. And and then, you know, and then be open to whatever it is that you have to say, whatever it is that you receive. And um, and and again, just realize that your soul is always trying to communicate with you, and it's literally just a matter of paying attention. Well, I like that. You know, for myself, I uh, there was a time in my life where I wanted to I wanted to hear. I wanted clear audience. Um, I wanted to hear my guides tell me point blank in English. And for a while, I was trying to push the point. It's like, come on, come on. And then I realized that um, I was quite psychic. And and. Of course, abilities were just knowing this, and it it was when I looked back at the wake of my life, I could realize that my uh, my psychic abilities were working just fine, and that I didn't need quote need this other form of of psychic information. And once I let go of it showing up in a particular way and I started to trust myself, because I'm sure that um, people are very intuitive, very psychic, but their ego might not be able to recognize that. Um, when uh, When I was hosting a men's group, 
I'm talking about uh, soul fragmenting now. When I hosted a men's group, I found it extremely powerful to be able to create a space for these men to share. And um, when we're living our life and our ego's making all the choices and we're go- and um, life in the fast line, so to speak, maybe 2019 and before, <laughs> um, a lot of times we don't um, tune in to some of the deeper wounds, some of the deeper fragments. And what I would do in the group is we'd have a talking stick and we'd pass it in the circle and whoever was holding the stick was the only person able to talk. And everybody else had to listen. They had to listen. And what I found out was as we passed the stick around the group, the first couple of times the men wouldn't share that much. But what they were doing is they were testing the water, consciously or subconsciously. And then, and then we'd go around the room again, and a whole different level of sharing would happen. These, these big grown men, um, industry leaders, um, we would call them powerful, successful men, would share things that would just crack your heart open. It was such a such a painful anguish that they had carried in their psyche. And I think it really surprised them sometimes how much hurt would come out of their psyche once they finally had a safe place to share it with another human being. And so what my question is now, I suggest that my intuition in this moment is saying this this 2020 karmic tsunami is stirring us all at a very deep level. What would you say to people when their soul has these fragments that they want to heal and when the feeling, when the topic, when the issue comes up into a conscious space perhaps the first time in years, and it it intimidates and scares their ego. What would you say to them? How how do you how do you take those first steps into healing some of the deeper scarring, the deeper soul fragments that we have been carrying around with ourselves? Well, the first step is to do what you created. People have to have a safe space in order to be real, in order for their true authentic self to show up. So you obviously consciously created this safe space, and especially men. Men do not reveal themselves to anyone who can, who can hurt them or who, who, right? You have to be really, you have to really create a safe space for a man to reveal himself. So kudos to you. Um, but, you know, going back to what's happening, I think, on a global level, um, I think a lot of us have for, had forgotten that we're actually souls and that we're having a, we're a soul having a spiritual experience through our human body. And at times like this, you know, when the earth is shaking, literally, you know, there's that old expression, you know, when the world is shaken, you go, you know, dear God, you know, please help me. It may be God doing the shaking. <laughs> it's like, wake up, right? Answering wake your up prayer. your soul. You're having a spiritual experience, right? And right. it's, you know, I know for myself, there have been times in my life when I was in a dark night of the soul that and those are the time those are the times that bring you to your knees where your ego is completely humbled where you're like I, I don't you know I don't know what's going on here everything that I thought was doing right, that I thought I was doing right doesn't work anymore and one of the things that we know about vibrational changes is that when a vibrational change does happen 
whatever you were doing before, even if it was right and made you money and made you happy and all that stuff, it may not work anymore because the vibration has changed. And so, again, I think the point of this, some of this, again, maybe to literally bring you to your knees, to humble you, to and to literally see things from a soul perspective. Why did my soul create this experience? What is it that my soul is prompting me to do? How can I nurture my soul? I just had a gentleman in my office today and um, my last client of the day, and we went over what's called the Holmes and Ray Stress Scale. And if you're listening to this broadcast, I strongly recommend you look up the Holmes and Ray Stress Scale. Anyway, what this is, it's a scientific assessment of just how much stress you've gone under in the past 12 months. So we've had financial stress. Of course, we've had health stress. Your children have been affected because of all the um, changes in schooling. And then, of course, you've had job stress. And anytime your your number is over 300, there's a risk that you could get sick. Um, and, And this gentleman, his number was at 426. And, um, you know, I recommended, I was like, you know, you really, I'm doing this so that you will have complete compassion for yourself. You've been through a lot. I said, this this was like an advanced level game. You've played this game as well as you could. You're still here. You're still standing. You're still breathing. You're still alive. It was hard. Okay. But now... You want to let the pressure off. I said this is kind of like when you take a bath and you unplug it and you let the water go down. (laughs) And I think, you know, because of all these changes, part of what we need to do is take take the pressure off. A lot of depression is simply pressure. And this could be the pressure just of all the changes. So, again, it's like you want to have a compassionate view of all the changes that you personally have been through and that we as a culture have been through. Um, and then what was interesting was we, as part of our healing, was he was asking me about his blood pressure. And when a person has high blood pressure, usually there's other organs that could be involved. It's like your liver or your kidneys or your spleen or many, many other things. But in his case, it was his thymus, which is in the center of the chest. And I was like, you're, literally your spiritual immune system has really been hit because of all of these changes. And he'd had relationship changes, money changes, job changes. He hadn't been personally sick other than his blood pressure going through his roof. But, and then when I looked at what would help him, it was all soul medicine. It was sunlight. Um, it was parties in the social distance parties in his yard <laughs> where he brings his friends over, right? Um, right? It was therapeutic touch. So, again, when you go through so much change um, that's affecting you on all levels, one of the things that you really want to ask yourself is how can I nurture my soul now? Because when you feed yourself at the soul level, you find the inner strength to persevere, to, you know, stand fast in your purpose, right? And when you are in that position, then you can become a lighthouse. And one of the biggest things that I'm finding people needing right now is literally light. It's like... Buy a light box, buy a therapeutic light box, get out in the sunlight as much as possible. And when I listen to people, one of the words that I'm hearing over and over right now is darkness. And and that's why I said I really, truly believe we are going through, as a culture, we're going through a dark night of the soul. And um, you don't get out of this by fighting the darkness. And this this is a message that I'm giving over and over again. You don't fight darkness. That doesn't work. The only thing that, uh, you know, that works is literally light. 
how do you do that? You you call in the light. Um, there's an affirmation that I use frequently when I'm doing um, healing work, and that is I invoke the light of the Christ within. I'm a clear and perfect channel. Love and light are my guides. And you set your intention to find your own soul light. And when you find your own soul light and shine that out to the world, you literally illuminate everyone around you. And there's some quote by the poet Rumi, and I know I'm going to butcher it, but it's, you know, the way that you find a, a, you know, a thousand lamps is just by light, opening up your own light. Because just like right now I'm sitting in a room and there's numerous lights on in the room, but it becomes one light. And when you shine your soul light, you merge with other the light of other people's souls, and that lifts everyone up. I like that. You know, there there is so much upheaval in this uh, pandemic year, um, Catherine Kerrigan. In your book, Reading the Soul, you say that many souls are determined to be born. What do you mean by that, and how can understanding that help people overcome perhaps a sense of hopelessness or even suicidal tendencies? Right. Well, and I'm going to be very practical and really real. So in our culture during the coronavirus pandemic, I believe the levels of depression and, and clinical clinical levels of depression and anxiety have actually tripled. So people are under tremendous stress, three times more than usual. And um, there's a lot of statistics about how there's more suicides. So it's a clinical fact that all of us are going to die. Us health nuts, people who exercise every day, we're going ex- to die. <laughs> so when you commit suicide, it's just your soul trying to get out of the body faster. However, I feel that when you, when you really understand why you were born, it helps you find the strength to keep going. Even when you're extremely discouraged, even when you're anxious, you feel like all hope is lost. And um, at any rate, one of the things, I, I tell many stories in my book, Reading the Soul, and part of the stories that I tell are about how people are born, what happened to their they were born. Um, so let me give an example. Um, I remember working with a client, and she she felt like she had no connection to her birth parents, right? It's kind of like, who are these people? Why did I end up with them? So not that I know anything, because I'm probably wrong, but let me just share with you from my 27 years of experience what happens. So as a soul, first of all, it's a privilege to have a body. It's a privilege to be alive. Even if you haven't found your purpose yet, I promise you have one. And I also promise you, that as a soul, if you're here in a body, you were determined to be born. And what happens to a lot of souls, you, you come into an embryo, right, that was, you know, your father's sperm being fertilized into your mother's egg. You come into this embryo, and then what happens for a lot of people through no fault of their mother, the pregnancy just doesn't work out. And many souls have tried repeatedly to be born. So, for example, myself, my birth parents were my eighth try. And I remember even as a little girl, I always really related to the Cinderella story because I was like, and and I'm talking little girl like before age six. I was kind of like looking at my parents like, who are these people? (laughs) Who are they? Why? How did I end up with them? I don't know. But. At any rate, so I joke with people, sometimes you didn't get your first try. Maybe your original birth parents that you picked, I joke, were, you know, the well-adjusted couple in Beverly Hills with a swimming pool, and you would have gotten a car when you were 16. But it didn't work out. And 
but your soul was so determined to be born. It was like, I've got to get here. I've got to get here at this time that, you know, you, you, you got, you took what you could take. And, um, I had another client years ago. She was actually a, a psychologist and her birth mother if you looked at it on one level, was a loser. She was an alcoholic. She was an unwed mother, had a lot, a lot of problems. But when I did a soul reading for her, her birth mother had made a soul agreement with her to help her be born because she, as a soul, had tried multiple times to get a body and get incarnated in this lifetime, and it just hadn't worked out. So the birth mother had an, a soul agreement for her to be born. And when my client, the psychologist, understood the selflessness, the generosity, the kindness that her birth mother had taken on this task, it gave her a whole other perspective, a deeper appreciation of the person who had given her life. And when you when you really connect with Again, why you were born, that what you went what you went through to get here. And even if your life is not all peaches and cream right now, I promise you your soul has a purpose. Your soul was determined to be here now and to be here like right now with all of us. And when you kind of get that bigger picture it can really give you a tremendous appreciation for the life you've been blessed with and 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 give you hope to keep on living. I like that. Well, you know, and I would add to that that um, we so often identify as our ego, and yet the day we were born, babies don't have egos. Egos can be offended. Egos... Egos are um, they they're they deal with symbols and values and and relationships and babies don't have any of that in their psyche and the point I'm getting at is we're as you've mentioned on the show we're souls having human experiences lucky for us our egos can't bugger it up sure we can make a a life a deciding decision, but the continuity of your consciousness, that essence of you, your soul essence, is assured. There's nothing your ego or any other ego on the planet can do that can threaten the truth of you. You are safe. You are safe. We are all safe at our essence, at our core. None of our souls will um, ex- um, vanish. The essence of us, the continuity of the essence of us is assured. And once you get that, once you truly um, embody that knowingness, then no matter how crazy the media gets, you know you're safe. You know you're going to make it through this. Now, We've only got about eight minutes left. Um, I wanted, I, was, I wanted you to touch on the notion of your soul's perspective in your life purpose. Now, you were just talking about that. I understand, but a lot of times when we're at a transition point, and and again, this year is a transition point for so many people. Um, new chapters come into our lives. New, it, it's like the first part of our life is to, um, a lot of times we'll have train wrecks in our youth and we'll have a lot of challenges, uh, addiction and, and perhaps um, domestic violence or whatever. And we kind of come out of the karmic storm. And for many of us, our, our life purpose shifts from a survival mode into a whole different mode where we can turn around and be of service. With so many people going through this upheaval process, can you touch on 
on the notion of of understanding when your soul is is showing you something that doesn't match anything in your past? That's a great question. And, you know, what what I think I'm called to say is this. I've taught yoga for 25 years. And in yoga, they talk about the five bodies as well. And the, and the term for the, that they use for the spiritual level is Ananda Maya Kosha. Ananda Maya Kosha literally means the body of bliss, the body of bliss. So when you connect to your true soul essence, you're in your body of bliss, okay? And, you know, to, to kind of answer your question, when you, there are three ways to be happy in life. And one of the three ways to be happy in life is with life meaning. So when, when you're connecting to your life meaning, your soul is contributing to the all. There's me, we, and all. And when you're in, when you're in your bliss body, your body of bliss, your soul wants to make this larger contribution and and to and and in a in a way that's deeply meaningful for some persons that may be i'm going to make people, everybody smile for somebody else it may be i'm going to nurture the elderly for somebody else it could be i'm going to be a wonderful mother or a wonderful father or i'm going to be a mentor but it's when you are connecting to your body of bliss and and connecting to meaningful activities that you're going to actually find the greatest joy in life. And I, I think it's very important that people tune in to their soul longings, right? And right. Um, and and your soul is leading you. Just listen. I like that. It's uh, um, I really like this this whole conversation because um, it's time for us collectively. It's time for us collectively to um, uh, have our egos let go of the steering wheel and hand it up to our soul. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, our egos had the helm for so many generations and all we've done is bugger it up. It's not too hard to realize that more of the same, in other words, more of our past is not going to get us any closer to the the notion of what our hearts really desire and that's a, a deeper sense of passion and and peace and abundance and joy in, on a collective scale. So, Catherine, you've really... Um, spent a lot of your life immersed in this, um, in these modalities. Um, can you share with our audience your platform as far as um, who's your ideal client? How can they get in touch with you? Do you do in person? Is it online, etc.? Share with us oh. your platform. Oh, thank you so much for asking. I have two websites. KatherineKerrigan.com is my main website. It's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, last name C-A-R-R-I-G-A-N.com. Also, UnlimitedEnergyNow.com. Um, um, I'm the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. You can find out about my 10 books on Amazon.com, available paperback, ebook, and audiobook. I work with clients all over the world. Yes, I work with clients in person, also Zoom, WhatsApp, Skype, phone, right? And um, you asked about my ideal client. I have great respect for people of all walks of life. And I would say my ideal client is somebody who just simply wants to get better. <laughs> and um, I, I love helping people. It's just my passion and joy. Well, very nice. Um, well, you had me as your guest on the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio just a while back. I really appreciated that interview. 
And I want to thank you tonight for sharing this episode with us. I very much have enjoyed your your insights to the, the notion of us reading our souls. Thank you for being our guest tonight. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. We've been talking with Catherine Kerrigan, and um, <laughs> what an exciting time to be alive. When What I really like about the topic tonight, reading the soul, dialing into our soul, connecting with our soul, I suggest to you my intuition, my um, psychic insight, if you will, says we're at a whole new precipices. We're at a whole pivot point for really the core of humanity. I would suggest this year and this decade, this following decade, is probably the most pronounced time in our human history, perhaps ever. Your soul has chosen to take a very advanced class in karma in this lifetime at this time. The the old paradigms are crumbling. The old education systems actually disconnected us from our, from our intuition. The the financial systems actually burdened us with um, incongruency with how they were modeled with with debt and whatnot. And what I'm getting at is, you as a listener might have spent a career in finance or or health or whatever. And your soul starts feeding you new perspectives about the industry that you've worked in. So you can be a vehicle. So you can be a vehicle for the collective. And the reason I bring this up is a lot of times when our soul gives us inspiration that is so completely different from our past, our egos, our egos will not accept it. It's it's not uh, intentional, it's just that they don't understand that a single person can have such a powerful purpose, that a single person can be the seed, can be the inspiration point for an entire industry, an entire way of life to take on a new direction, a new vector. It's It's a very powerful time to be alive. If you're living in in flesh and bones during this time, you're a very old soul that has chosen a very powerful lifetime. The opportunities of this lifetime are like no other. For many of us, one of the soul lessons we're here to learn is how to be a powerful personal persona as it relates to the collective consciousness. And and to really teach your ego how to really step back, to let go of the helm. This is not an intuitive thing for your ego to do, to step back from the helm, let go of control, and surrender that control to your heart and your soul. And then to trust. That can be a tough one, to trust that the new directions, the new inspiration to your heart and your soul bring to the table are exactly spot on for why you're here. For myself, I wrote the book Citizen King, The New Age of Power. This next chapter is about personal sovereignty. We're no longer going to hang our collective hat on single institutions. The next chapter is about personal sovereignty, personal dominion, where your soul has complete and total reign to manifest as its divine inspiration inspires you to. It's, uh, I suggest this is the, the most fantastic chapters of our human story, and you're here now living it. How cool is that? It's my passion to bring you episodes like this that help you awaken your sense of personal power within you. I, I see legions of new uh, new age mystics, sages, uh, alchemists coming out of the everyday person, people like you. 
Thank you for sharing this time with us. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.